Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer Aerospace Excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable. Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed. If you love Dynasty Leagues and prospects, you came to the right place, because that's what this show is all about. Covering the majors and all levels of the minor leagues to give you the leg up in your Dynasty Leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Tool Shed. This is episode 48 of the Fantrax Tool Shed with Clegg and Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have another fun episode in store for you all today. And with me, as always, from Fantrax HQ, Mr. Chris Clegg. Chris, what's up, man? Uh, it's good to be back. I know we pushed off the recording a day. I was uh, home all weekend alone with Hayden, my four-month-old. So, yeah, it was a lot of trying to entertain him it was it was a blast my wife went to the beach with some friends for a bachelorette weekend so yeah i'm glad to be back for sure that's fun yeah i remember my first time just me overnight with uh, my my oldest my daughter uh this would have been like i don't know eight or so years ago and i was so paranoid that like because <laughs> i'm a very deep sleeper yeah i was so paranoid that i wouldn't be able to like hear her she woke up in the middle of the night crying i won't be able to hear her she'd just be there crying so I literally like rearranged my bedrooms. Her room was right across the hall from us. I rearranged my bedroom to be like, so the bed was near the door. It looked weird, but I'm like, I need to hear her. <laughs> um, but I, she she cried. I woke up. I heard it. I know parental instinct, whatever you want to call it. Yep. But yeah, so I, I know all about that. That first time home alone with a kid. You do what you got to do. Right. That's what we do as parents. Um, yeah, we get a, a really fun episode today. And we're, we're going to be talking some prospect risers and fallers from our last rankings update i just posted mine on monday and chris will be have his out on friday on fantrax hq and we had a lot of big risers and fallers this past month month and a half so we started to you know let's talk about it and we started putting names on our list and there were so many names on the list we have to break it up into two episodes so you're getting a double dose of tool shed goodness this week uh, we will do catchers, corner infielders, and middle infielders today on this episode. And then on the second episode this week, which will be out on Thursday, we'll go through outfielders and pitchers. So we have a lot of names, so let's get right into it. But before we do, the usual housekeeping. You can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at RotoClegg. I'm at Aircross04, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Check out our Patreon for extra written content from both of us, bonus podcasts, private Discord access, 
access to a live prospect and dynasty rankings, and so much more. These perks are available across four different tiers, starting at just $5. Or if you just want to thank and support Chris and I, you can do so for $1 a month. Sign up today at patreon.com slash toolshed. And of course, check out all the other great written and audio work we have on the network, including our other podcast, SP Streamer, Fantasy Hockey Life, Fantasy Football Addicts, and Define Fantasy Football. Let's get right into it. Let's start with catchers, Chris. We have several names on the list here. Uh, some notable risers, MJ Melendez from the Royals, Kyber, uh, me, Kiber Ruiz from, I always want to say Kyber, even though I know it's Kiber now, Kiber Ruiz from the Nats, Diego Cortea from the Dodgers, Shea Langoliers from the, the Atlanta Braves, and then a couple of followers, Dylan Dingler from Detroit and Bo Naylor from Cleveland. The two we really wanted to highlight here are the two biggest risers. We already talked about Kibia Ruiz last week, so you want to get our thoughts on him. Go check out episode 47. But MJ Melendez and Diego Cortea have been big, big risers. I guess Melendez is the biggest riser here. Uh, Chris, what have been your thoughts on Melendez this year, and how high have you bumped him up in your rankings? He just gets such easy power, and you know you watch him. He can hit a bomb like at any point of the play, like even low and away out of the zone. I think his 34th home run, he did that. Like he was low and away, and he went out and reached for it and hit it out. He's just so much raw power, and he's got 30 – how many does he have? 34, 5 on the year? 35 got- now, yeah. He, he, he just tied um, uh, Griffin Conine for the minor league lead the other day. Yeah. Yeah, Conan's up to 36, actually. Oh, so did he get another one just, since then? They just well, keep going back and forth. Uh, he, he did time at one point for like yeah, probably yeah. an hour. <laughs> They've been bouncing back and forth like the last couple weeks. But yeah, he gets such easy power. It's, you know, a fun profile. It's one that you can kind of dream on because, you know, the Royals, they like to play their catchers. I mean, we see what yeah. Sal Perez has done this year. Most catchers play like, you know, maybe two-thirds of the time, but – with Sal, you know, Sal's playing regularly. I wouldn't even be surprised if Melendez played another position. I don't know. I mean, he's played a little bit of third this year. Not much, but he could also play first base. It's highly possible, you know, just to get him more reps. He's capable. The dude's absolutely built. And, you know, like he's flying up for me. I can't figure out how high I want to go. Like, what's the right spot? But currently, he is 49th for me. I do think that he's probably a little better asset in OBP than batting average. But even still, you look at what he's done this year, and he's still posted a solid batting average. But I think that the OBP skills are a little bit above the hit tool there. So, you know, I definitely like him a little better there. So top 50, and he could continue to move up if this continues. Like, the power, I think, is, is legit. And we've seen that in the past. We knew the power was legit. I think it's easy plus raw and maybe even more. And, you know, that that left-hand swing, just a built profile. I really like everything that I see. And, you know, he's been a stud this year. Yeah, I have him 89th right now. Obviously, mine are for average. So, yeah, a little bit higher for you and OBP. And, you know, as I, I kind of wrote, wrote an article that kind of similar to what we're talking about here. So the, uh, the infield version of that. Uh, went up today uh, when you're listening to this today on Tuesday on FantraxHQ.com. And, yeah, I kind of was talking about where I thought he would fit in because they have Salvador Perez locked up through uh, at least 2025 with a team option for 2026. And Salvador Perez obviously has established himself as one of the best catchers in the game. But at the same time, Salvador Perez is in his 30s now. So I kind of think there will be a little bit of a mix for, for Melendez. I think he'll um, spell Perez a little bit at catcher. So he'll, I don't think he's going to lose – catcher eligibility anytime soon 
he'll probably still get, you know, 40, 50 starts a catcher, get some, you know, probably the, the most of his starts will be at DH. Then maybe a little bit at the corners. Like you mentioned, he's gotten a few games at third. First base is always a, a possibility as well. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think he's going to play. Like, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Like you mentioned they love playing their catchers. He's got the power, you know. He's He's gone from a kind of a – at one point after 2019, because he had a tear – like a lot of the top Royals hitters in 2019 had terrible seasons down there in the high A Carolina League at the time. And Melendez, he was 163-263-11. Uh, so I was like, all right, this guy has got some pop, but where's the where's the average at? Is he best case scenario? Is he like a Tom Murphy, Mike Zunino type, like a backup with power but a crappy average? And he's answered that question this year. Like he's got a walk rate wall over 10%. He's got the K rate down uh, quite a bit as well. 286 average, 380 OBP to go along with the 35 home runs. So I think he's definitely more like a around a 50 hit, 60 pop. Um, yeah, definitely improving. So uh, he's flying up my rankings too. He jumped over 100 spots this last update up to 89. And probably will jump another you know 30 to 40. If this continues, he'll probably jump another 30 to 40. My next update, maybe get up near that top 50. As I love what I see, you mentioned that the power is so easy with him, and he doesn't have to, like, he doesn't sell it for power, it's just natural power, good loft in that swing. Um, love that, love that power right there. Uh, another one, speaking of power, Diego Cartea is showcasing a ton of power this year in 31 games in low A Rancho Cucamonga. I love saying that Rancho Cucamonga, it's a fun it's word fun. to say. Um, Cartea in 31 games has 10 home runs with a 298, 409, 614 slash 18 walks and just 137 plate appearances. Uh, he's another one that's jumped a ton for me, not quite as high as Melendez did, but Cartea is now up to 107. He was 196 in my last update in early August. So uh, 89 spot jump over the last month and, you know, power has kind of been, you know, his calling card for a while. But the hit tool was kind of in question. Uh, but like with Melendez, he's showing an improved hit tool this year. Yes, only in 31 games. But it looks like he could be a similar type of offensive talent to an MJ Melendez. You know, a guy that's always average hit, plus pop, solid plate approach. But with him, where does he play, right? Like Even with Kibir Ruiz out of town, Will Smith has established himself as one of the, you know, top two of the catchers in the game and he's very young so i and who knows if the dh will come hopefully the dh will come that'll help things but i don't know where he's gonna play but um i'm not worried about that too much right now he's still two three years away but definitely a guy on the rise yeah i definitely agree he's not quite as high for me i've got him in 131 like i said i think there's still some questions i'd like to see him you know continue performing at this level and we mentioned only 31 games so i'd like to see a little more Adam, but the, during the 31 games, he's definitely been impressive. I think he's capable of posting high OBPs. We've seen the walk rate be pretty solid in the past at just 17 years old in 2019 and now just 19. So, you know, I'd love to see. I don't think he makes a jump this year. I'm sure he finishes out the year in single A ball, but, you know, next year will be a big year for him to really kind of define his role, I think. But I think you bring up a, a valid concern with the Dodgers and Will Smith is there. I mean, they, constantly have these guys popping up these catchers you know key bear being out of town definitely helps but it's always feels like someone's popping up so you know the playing time could be a struggle maybe they i don't know maybe they look for him to play another position but like you mentioned it's not really worth worrying about right now because he is a couple of years away so 
when he's ready, who knows where they'll be and who knows who they'll still have on the team. So, yeah, he's one that I think could be really solid and continue to rise even more as we see more consistency from him and even into next season could be a, a big riser up, especially, you know, with the landscape of catcher, I think we'll see some guys graduate. So he next year he could be towards the top of the catcher prospect rankings. Yeah, and just looking at that, like I put, I put a tweet out like, I don't know, a week or so ago, catching prospects are pretty intriguing right now. Like a lot of guys on the rise this year, like Kiba Ruiz, you know, these guys were mentioning here. I think I have seven or eight in seven, my top 100 now, which I don't think I've ever had before. Uh, so, yes, definitely if, you, if you're if you looking to retool a catcher, you got an older catcher or just are fed up with whatever you've been running out there, now's a good time in Dynasty Leagues to try to get one of these guys because there's a lot of intriguing offensive talent behind the plate in the minor leagues, more so than first base, I think. I think there's a lot more depth at catcher than first base, which is kind of odd to say, but definitely how it goes right now. Uh couple of the followers we have here real quick. We won't spend too much time on the followers here, but Bo Naylor, Dylan Dingler, you know, either of these two, Chris, are you more worried about one or the other, or are you kind of more confident that one of these two will bounce back? I'm kind of more confident in Dingler. I really like his profile. He's just not off to a great start so far. Naylor's been even more terrible. I think his OPS is down near 600, one of the lowest OPSs in the minor league. So, I'm more in on Dylan Dingler at this point, but I still have some faith in both of these guys. What do you think? I actually moved Dingler up in my rankings. And oh, he's, yeah, he, you know, double A, since he moved to double A, he hasn't been great, like you mentioned. But in high A, he was really dominant. I mean, looked like a, a fantastic hitter 287, 376, 549, slash eight home runs and 141 plate appearances. He's very athletic. And that's the thing. Like, you know, he doesn't have the stolen bases. Like he's only stolen one base this year, but like he's athletic enough where I think he could run if he wants to. And I've yeah. heard, I've heard people talking about him. They're pretty close that have, you know, see him every day and they've been impressed too, which is a reason that I did move him up despite the fact that he's been pretty like a slow start at triple a or double a at least. But I think it's kind of telling, I mean, the, the tigers moved him up. This is third double A's his third level this year. And we got to remember he was just drafted last year and I think the profile is going to play. And I think that he's a future top 100 guy that can continue to move up because I think the hit tool is there. I think he's going to be a solid hitter. I think he's got pretty solid OBP skills, which we're not seeing at double A. You know, he walked at a pretty high clip in high A. That's about been cut in half at double A. I do think we'll see that tick up and that he'll be pretty solid. I think, you know, the strikeout rate has been pretty steady around, you know, 26 per 25% all year. 26% in that range, but I don't know. I, I really do like the profile. And I think that despite what we've seen in double a, that I think he could continue to move up and the performance will catch up. Cause I think it's a big jump. I do think it's a big jump to go from, you know, being in college last year to all the way to double a and, and uh, some have done it successfully, but you know, with Dingler, I'm, I'm a little more confident just from other reports outside of, uh, of what I've heard. So yeah, yeah, with Naylor, Naylor though, you know, it's been pretty rough he's, go. He's been terrible. Yeah, I'm going to see how far I dropped him because Dingler actually moved up 24 spots. He's at 157 for me. And Naylor, let's see where he I think Naylor might have left my top 400. Uh, I think no. he, he's he's out of my 400. Too. He's, he's uh, th 398. <laughs> he's, he's just holding on. Um, yeah. So he'll probably drop out next update. He probably could have this update. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's, I, Ding, he's, oh, go ahead. 
I was saying he hasn't handled double A well. I mean, that's been no. all year. So, you know, with Dingler, there's an adjustment period for Naylor. It's been all season where he's just been bad. Yeah. You know, the power, I feel like it should be the home run power should be better than it is. Like, I think the raw power is definitely well above the game power and the hit tool's just not there for Naylor. You know, I mean, this year striking out at 30%, that's, and it's hurt him. The walk rate's solid, but when you hit 182, it doesn't matter because your OBP is going to be so low anyway. He's, right. I mean, he's got a, a slash line this year of 182, 287, 338. So, yeah, he's kind of fallen pretty far for me. Only Yasmani Grandal can put up a good OBP while hitting below 200. Remember <laughs> early, early in the year when he was hitting like 160 but had like a 390 OBP or something ridiculous? <laughs> yeah. Walking like a million percent of the time. His OBP um, was like well above his slugging. I know. So it's just a weird, weird slash line. Probably one of the weirdest yeah. you'll see. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I definitely I moved him down a bit because I am worried about how his approach, even you know, the walk rate was decent in in, in a, uh, high A, but the uh, Kadem walk rate has been terrible in double A. So, yeah, I, I'm not like concerned, but um, I, I definitely still have some confidence. Like I said, I was really high on Dingler coming out of the draft. I thought he could have been, you know, arguably the best all around catcher from that draft class. We'll see on that, but. Uh, definitely a good buy low right now on Dylan Dingle. If anybody's worried about his double A struggles, moving over to corner infielders, and there are a ton. Uh, we'll highlight probably five or six of these guys, but we'll list all of them here to start. Uh, we had three followers uh, that are notable Shirton Apostle. Uh, I love the name Shirton Apostle uh, <laughs> from Texas. Cody Hosey, unfortunately, from the Dodgers. He's been one of the worst hitters in the minor leagues. And Bryce Ball from the Atlanta Braves. But there are a ton of risers. Young Kenzie Noel from the Indians, excuse me, the Guardians. That's still, I'm still getting used to that. Dustin Harris from the Rangers. Blaze Jordan from the Sox. Nick Prado from the Royals. Jose Miranda from the Twins. Miguel Vargas from the Dodgers. Kobe Mayo from Baltimore. Mark Vientos from the Mets. Vinny Pasquantino from the Royals. Juan Yepes from the Cardinals. And Elahirius Montero from the Rockies. I think was the first six I just listed are the ones we kind of want to really highlight here. Dustin Harris was one of the biggest risers on my list. My last update, he was the second highest ranked um, newcomer, so to speak on my list. He went all the way up to, I think it was one thirty something where yeah, one thirty five. only one ranked higher for a newcomer was Eddie's Leonard, who we will talk about here in a little bit, but Dustin Harris has been really, really impressive this year. And you, know, you look at, you know, to, 2018 and 2019, uh, well, more so 2019 because 2018 was in um, a summer league ball, but uh, he hit while there, three or six average in 46 games. But in the Oakland Athletics system in 2019, between rookie and the short season New York Penn League, he combined to hit 325 with a 403 OBP, but just with no power. He had nine steals added in 58 games, but only one home run. So that kind of kept him off the map. But this year, uh, between low A and high A as a 21-year-old, 323, 396, 535 slash, 18 doubles, 18 home runs, 24 steals, only been caught twice. Walk rate is a tick under 10%, but the K rate is well under 20%. So doing everything well here, and, and like I mentioned in my article, I think he could be a 55 hit, 55 power, 50 speed type of first baseman, and you know, getting that type of power speed blend is pretty rare from a first baseman. So, yeah, he's definitely flying up my list. 
Yeah, and he's highly athletic, so I think he could play either corner spot or he can move to a corner outfield spot too. Yeah. Um, he, he's good enough to play anywhere. He's played mostly first this year, but he's he's played 20 games at third as well. He just gets such easy power. He waits back on pitches, you know, really gets through the ball. He barrels it up really well. And I got to see him once, you know, when they were down here in Greenville. And he just looks the part, man. He He's what you want to see. And, you know, he makes a loud contact. And I think this is legit. I think it's easy for people to kind of question, like, you know, is this is this really legit? And, yeah, I mean, I think you should be hesitant with the stolen bases because, you know, in single-A ball with all the weird rules they're implementing – He's, it's easy to steal bases. It's easy. But even if he steals 10 bases, like that's so valuable if he sticks at first base for fantasy purposes. Absolutely. I think the hit, the hit tool's legit. I think the power's certainly there where he's, you know, an easy 20 home run bat at the next level. And it could be even more, I think, with, you know, you see the swing and you see the acceleration through the ball and, you know, the contact that he makes. I think he could be above that. So it'll certainly be interesting. And this month, especially he's just gone on a tear in August. He had eight home runs hit 415, like just obnoxiously good numbers. And if he's somehow out there in your dynasty, league, you got to get him now because he could continue to move up. You know, I'm hesitant to move him like too extremely high, but I've got him 122. That may be too low, but props to James Anderson at Rotowire, who was in on him like a couple months ago and put him on his like, in the top 100 and was like, you know, he saw something and Harris has definitely been legit. And I think that he's here to stay. So I'm all in probably need to bump him higher in my rankings. <laughs> yeah. I, I probably didn't go high enough on him. Um, but yeah, I just picked him up in a couple dynasty leagues, uh, including our tool shed Patreon league, uh, where I got th- three of these guys we're going to talk about tonight um, over the last waiver period. So I was really happy about that. And yeah, Dustin Harris, like, like you mentioned, that he's, he's not going to have, you know, he's on like a what, 30 plus steal pace. He's not going to steal that much because, you know, he had 20 of those in 73 games in low A, but high A, four and 28 games. I think that's more indicative, maybe even not even as many as, as that pace. But yeah, I think 10 to 12 steals is re, is realistic for him with his speed and athleticism. They said the hit tool and the power are definitely there. And the I know a beautiful thing about Dustin Harris, you know, being in the Texas organization they don't really have any like anybody that's like cemented in his way, right? Like, all right, Nate Lowe has been all right, decent, but you know, you can play first, third, maybe even DH corner outfield. They'll find a way to get him in the lineup. There's not a lot of pieces in his way. So, you know, it won't be up next year, probably 2023, early 2023 ETA, probably gets up to double A next year, maybe triple A, you know, second half of the year, and then you know, start gets up to MLB early part of 2023. So um, definitely love this profile. And you know, I might not have been high enough on him at 135. He's probably should be higher, but um, he will continue to rise if, if this type of pace continues. Let me tell you that. Um, another one here, young Kenzie Noel. I bumped him up even higher. He's up inside my top 100 now. And Chris, I think you have him even higher than I do. I have him at 55. Where, where did you have Noel? And what have been your thoughts on him so far this year? Yeah, he's 44 for me, and, you know, I was high on him early in the year. I think I even called him a breakout, like, last December, and got lucky with that hit, he wasn't on any radars, honestly. You know, I just happened to be searching for some breakouts when we were doing that first-based episode, and I came upon him, and was like, huh, intriguing profile here. I think the hit tool is easy plus here, and he's done it all year. 
even though he, you know, he went out for some time with an injury and he came back strong as ever. And in low A, you know, he would just overmatching pitchers and 162 plate appearance, hit 393, obnoxious. You know, and people were like, <laughs> oh, the walk rate is just 4.3%. But that had never been his profile. Like he wasn't that in the past. And so give him some time. And, you know, he's been bumped to high A now. He, he moved up, you know, mid August, I think. And he's kept hitting. And we've seen the walk rate go up. And he's seen 65 plate appearances so far in high A. And he's hitting 305, 369 OBP and a 525 slug. Four home runs over those 65 plate appearances. And the walk rate is jumped to 7.7%. I think he settles in at a walk rate around 8% or so. And I yeah. think the hit tool is so good that his OBP is going to be high, you know, well above 350 pretty consistently, if not higher. I think that's how the, the profile that we're seeing here. And we're seeing the developing power and he's always had the raw power, just kind of tapping in that game power. I think the game power eventually gets to plus. No speed here, really, to speak of, even though he has stolen four bases this year. But, yeah, Noel was kind of my dude to start the year, and I'm kind of sticking to my guns there. And we'll see where it goes. But I do think he's legit. And bumped him in the top 50, I think, is a, a pretty big move for him. And he just hasn't slowed down, is my thing. Like, he's right. kept going and kept going, so... Yeah, I think he profiles as, you know, 55 hit, 55 or 60 game power long term. And, you know, he, that's what he's that's what he's doing this year. He's matching those grades. And then some you mentioned the stats. I won't go over those again, but hitting for average, hitting for power. And I don't think he's ever going to be like you mentioned. He's never going to be a big walk rate guy. Like he's never been like that 12, 13, 14 percent walk rate guy. He's never even had a 10% walk rate at any level, 9% each of his two years in rookie ball back in 2018 and 2019. So I think he's just going to be like, yeah, seven, 8%, I think is a good range for him, which is like average to slightly below average, you know, not too bad, but his contact skills and, you know, the quality of contact that he has will, you know, allow him to hit for a high average. You know, I think 270, 280, 25 to 30 home runs is, is the type of guy we're looking at here. And someone that could slot into the middle of Cleveland's order in the next couple of years, because again, they don't really have many middle of the order guys. So, you know, they get Joe Ram and Fran mill. Um, I think he could be a guy that, you know, kind of slots in there with them and that, you know, is the number five hitter or so, um, and just kind of stretches that lineup and all of that power he has. So yeah, definitely love this, uh, the season we've seen so far from John Kenzie Noel. And another one here that I have ranked even a little bit high or maybe in the same range. Where do I have him ranked? Oh, three spots higher. Nick Prado. Chris Welsh's boy, Nick Prado, has had a phenomenal year. Another one of those uh, Kansas City Royals hitters that had a terrible year in 2019. It was him, uh, Melendez, and Celie Matisse. All had terrible years, killed their prospect stock. Two of them have bounced back. Matisse has not. Uh, we, we will not be talking about him in the outfield part of this episode on part two on Thursday. But... Prado, 191, 278, 310 in 124 games back in 2019. This year, he's still done a little bit recently, but still 267, 395, 90 slash, 24 doubles, 7 triples, 28 home runs, 11 steals, walk rate well over 10%. Uh, he is he's a very good fantasy player, very good real-life player. He's a above average, a plus defender as well. Has, he can hit for a decent average. I say he's around 50 hit, 60 power, 50 speed from first base. And he's kind of like a more advanced Dustin Harris. And I think he's going to be, you know, a 260 ish hitter, 
high OBP because of that walk rate. He has 73 walks in 104 games. That's pretty damn good. And, you know, 25 or so home runs, adding in 8 to 10 steals. This could be, best case scenario, a top 10 fantasy first baseman down the road. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Chris? I think so, and especially in an OBP format. And he's just hitting 267 on the year, which, you know, that'll play, but 390 OBP. And even in AAA, since his promotion, he's still hitting the ball extremely well. 13 home runs and 186 plate appearances. Still almost 1,000 OPS in AAA. So, you know, he hasn't slowed down a bit. He's been impressive. And, you know, I think it's just this is who he was. It just took him some time to get here. And, yeah, like you mentioned, I've got him a couple spots ahead. I've got him at 39. May even be a hair low on him now that I'm thinking about it, you know, looking at some of the guys ahead of him. You know, here's a, I don't know. I'm looking at, I've got Tristan Casas at, at 32. He's dropped a little bit for me, even though he's heating up a little bit, but how different are the two? Do you think? I mean, I think Casas has more raw power, but how close are they from a fantasy ceiling? It's not that far off. I kind of was thinking that earlier when I was looking at, um, I put out a tweet, my top corner in, I kind of grouped corner and builders together. And there's not a big gap. I don't think, you know, you add more power to Casas, I say probably a slightly better hit tool to Cassis, but I think the OBP might even go to Prado's. He walks a good amount more than Cassis does, and he can add a little bit of speed. Well, Cassis, even though he has a handful of steals this year, that's not going to be a part of his game. Well, speed at least will be somewhat a part of Prado's game. So long term, it's probably not that far off. So if you, if you look at the trade for a first baseman, don't want to pay the big price tag of a Tristan Cassis, which will be a top 25 price tag. Prado is probably the more affordable option. Yeah, I'm going to put a poll on Twitter. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, to see how close it, it'll, it'll be cast as they'll win the poll, but I think yeah, so. it'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see how close it is. It might be closer than we think. I think so. It'll be interesting. Yeah, absolutely, Will. Um, moving on here, uh, let's go to talk a couple guys on opposite coasts. One that's just has been on the radar for many years now, um, but now has finally has the performance to back up the hype. And another one that's been you know around forever still only 20 years old and now is uh, 21 excuse me and now is finally getting the love he deserves blaze jordan and miguel vargas you know i kind of said in my article that one of the and i said it before on this podcast one of my favorite kind of types of players types of prospects i should say to target in dynasty leagues are the underappreciated players in the you know the big orgs that have a lot of the flashy names ahead of them so they get undervalued a bit, like a Josh Lowe. He's like basically the perfect example of that. Miguel Vargas is as well. I know there's not like super high re-ranked prospects right now in, in the Dodgers. They don't have like a top 10 guy right now, but they usually have had, you know, these bigger names. And Vargas is flat on, you know, basically flown on the radar for his entire career, even though he's a 313 career hitter over 285 games. But the power just wasn't there until this year. You know, this year in 108 games between high A and double A, Two-thirds of that's been in double A, 313, 378, 517 slash, 21 home runs, 22 doubles, 10 steals, only been caught once. Um, walk rate and strikeout rate are both pretty solid, right around average, slightly above average in both of those regards. So yeah, he's, you know, he's been hitting the ball in the air more lately, kind of showcasing. He's always had above average raw power, just never really had the in-game swing to kind of fix that. And it looks like he's even added some bulk from what I saw in 2019. Maybe, maybe I'm just seeing things, but he looks a little bigger than 2019. So I think it might be a combination of a little bit more bulk, 
driving the ball in the air more consistently, get that raw power to, to translate into games more consistently. He's been very impressive. And then Blaze Jordan, on the other hand here, uh, not as many games. He's only been 28 games, but 324, 368, 590 slash, six home runs and eight doubles in 28 games. You know, the power we knew was there, but the hit tool has been, you know, even better than expected, even though it's only 28 games. So I'm not going too crazy here, but uh, definitely rising a ton for me. Both these guys are. What are your thoughts on each of these guys, Chris? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. With Vargas, I think there's there's two factors here that really led to him tapping the power. One, I think he added some muscle. And two, he's hitting more balls in the air. So naturally, the fly ball rates up more. He's hitting with a little more pop. He's getting more home runs. And I think that's been a major factor here. And he hasn't sacrificed the hit tool at all. You mentioned the hit tool actually looks better this year. So I think he's been underappreciated, like you said, for a while. <clears throat> he bumped to 50 overall for me because I think that he's certainly worthy of that. He posts pretty solid walk rates. So I think he's going to play well in OBP leagues, especially if that hit tool continues to sustain like it is. So I think Vargas is legit one that I'm excited about. And I think that you can get pretty affordably because he's not a super flashy name. So if you're looking for a, a guy that you can go out and get – you know, I know most trade deadlines have passed, but if somehow you can still trade, like you can probably get Vargas pretty affordably. Blazingly, you know, it's kind of crazy because, you know, Vargas has been around for a while and been solid for a while, but Blaze has that flashy name. Like, you know, people followed him since he was like 14 years old and they said he had a 500 foot home run at 14. So, do like, you, do you believe that? Like, I don't we know. Saw, we, saw, we saw the same thing with Harper, like, you know, 12 years ago, whatever it was now. Do you believe that 14 year olds are hitting 500 foot home runs? That seems insane. I mean, granted, they are not the ordinary 14, 15 year old. And <laughs> I never saw any of these types of guys playing here in Maine high school ball. <laughs> but I've seen high school players and I've seen some pretty good ones in, in around. I don't think anyone's in 500 foot home runs. <laughs> like, yeah, slight exaggeration. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, he's been a big boy for a while. He's just 18. I think that the hit tool's certainly been better than advertised. I mean, since he moved up to Salem in, in low A, hitting his 250, again, it's been nine games, so not really taking a lot of stock into that, but he's hit two home runs in nine games, struck out eight times. I do think that he's been impressive. He's put on an impressive display. He bumped up a lot. I'm not sure how aggressive I want to go because I want to see the hit tool more consistently, but he was one of my biggest risers. He went from 255 to 83 for me. I feel like that he's going to play in OBP leagues, like I, he seems like the guy that as he matures will walk a little more and he'll probably post solid OBP numbers. And the power is obviously there. We've, we've never questioned the power, but I'm kind of curious where he settles in. He may be one that fluctuate, fluctuates in rankings for a while. It'll be kind of interesting to see his development path and, and kind of where he ends up. But yeah, it's been fun to see so far. Yeah, and I was just hoping as a Red Sox fan and as a, you know, a fantasy player that that hit tool would be at least okay because that right-handed power in Fenway is a beautiful thing. Uh, last big riser here, and I'll give Mr. Chris Clegg the floor here, because if you are, I'll give you a little uh, spoiler alert here. Um, actually, I don't know, Chris, do you want me to give away the, where you have Miranda ranked, or do you want to hold uh, I might move him. I, I feel like I've moved him around a couple times, so <laughs> well, I don't know if I can go that high. We'll, we'll say where we put him, but... Yeah, so... In our, if you are a Patreon subscriber in our 70 grade tier, so you have access to our live rankings as we update them on Google Sheets. At one point, Chris had bumped Miranda up into the top 20. And I texted him. I was like, damn, that's bold, but I like <laughs> it. And you look at what Miranda's done this year. 
you know, it kind of works, you know. Um, and um, one of that new uh, pars list uh, that if you look at par p a r s list, um, he has a, a formula, and I think Miranda was top ten in that formula for prospect rankings too. Uh, that kind of factors in performance and various things. So I'll give you the floor here, Chris. You've been, you know, one of the probably maybe the highest on Miranda around. Have at it, Chris. I don't know if I can keep him that high because I've I've keep moving him around. He'll probably end up around thirty, I think. I maybe got a little aggressive. Put him top ten. Come on, YOLO. You only live once. Yeah, the top ten's so good though. <laughs> I know it you know, is. it's hard for somebody to crack the top ten, but he's just performed, and you know that's my thing is. It's not like he was a, a non-prospect before. Like He's been solid in the past. He's always had a solid hit tool, in my opinion, even though the averages haven't really reflected that. The biggest thing for him has been the, the power breakout. But it shouldn't really come as a surprise. Like He's got a great frame for power at 6'2", 210. You know? And it's just showed this year. And I thought it may have been fluky at the beginning of the year. I was hesitant to bump him too much because I thought the power was a little fluky. And he's just kept hitting. You know, he bumped a triple A his first game in triple A, he hit three home runs, hadn't slowed down a bit. I mean, he's hitting for a very solid average, you know, 345 at double A, 324 in triple A. OBP's numbers are really good as well. The walk rate around 8% at both levels. He doesn't strike out much. He puts the ball in play a lot here. The slight hesitation, the ground ball rates have been around 45% at both levels, but that's not extreme. Like, it's not great, but it's, it's not extreme either. He's putting the ball in the air enough to hit for power. Uh, I mean, in double A, he had a 31.7% home run to fly ball rate, which is a little extreme, but back down to earth at 18.8% triple A, which is a realistic number that he can sustain. I think the power numbers are legit. I think that he's a 25 home run bat at the big league level. I think that the hit tool is good enough to hit 290. I wonder about his position. I wonder where he plays long-term. I don't really yeah. know. That'll be interesting. And, you know, that does factor. And that's kind of, you know, I was like, when I bumped in that high, I thought maybe that's too high because does he end up like a utility role? And I don't really know that. I, I hope he doesn't. I think the bat is is good enough to play every day. But how good is his glove? I don't think the glove's great. And I'm not sure where he ends up long-term. So it's highly possible that he bumps around into a utility role and that's my hesitation of going too high when I when I bumped him into the top 20. I was like, oh, I don't know about that, man. So I think that's my major hangup there is, is where does he end up long term? And does he play enough in the field? I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's that's gonna mind my question too. But I I think probably third base long term is obviously, you know, Josh Donaldson won't be around forever and he's always hurt anyway. And you know, right now they've been kind of starting, you know, hodgepodge of guys at third base including Luis Arez, who's been kind of getting you know, most of the starts at third base, you know, between him and Donaldson. So I I think it's going to be third base. I don't see Luis Arez as a long-term starter, or maybe he goes back over the second base or, or whatever. So um, I'd say third base. I think he will start because he's been he's kind of fit, been one of those guys where it's like, all right, they were pop-up guys this year. You don't want to go too crazy with their rankings. So I'm like, all right, what they're doing is nice. I'll see if it's sustainable. And then they sustain it. Then I make the big push up. And you know, I don't have him quite as high as Chris, but I moved him up to 61, uh, which is a 50 jump, 50 spot jump from my last update. So um, definitely a top 50 caliber prospect 
for me as well. You know, I kind of likened him to a slightly better Ryan McMahon. Um, I think they had similar skill sets, but I think he, Miranda has a chance to be even better than McMahon has been. Uh, definitely like Miranda a lot long term. Uh, quickly hit some of the followers here at this position. You know, we have, uh, let's see, for followers, Shirt and Apostle, Cody Hosey, Bryce Ball. Are there any of these three? I think Apostle's when you're the lowest one, right? Is he fell out of your top 500, if I recall, right? Yeah, which is nuts. Uh, he just doesn't, he hasn't done anything to show me that he's worth being a, a top 400, 500 prospect of that. And I think that we had gotten a little high on him you know, in 2019 at some points where I think the tools are there, but he just hasn't performed. And, you know, a part of me wonders if, you know, they did him a disservice by calling him up last year. That was weird. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he he hadn't been above high A, and they called him up, and, you know, he looked completely lost. And I wonder if it just messed with him a little bit. I'm not I'm not sure, but, I mean, now he's 22. He saw some time in double A. He had just 236. Bumped him to triple A, and he's in just 205. I mean, the walk rates are solid. Like, the OBP is decent. But, I mean, his OBP was just 317 and 284 at both levels. And there's minimal power to speak of. I don't know. I I just wonder if it was a thing where we got a little high on the tools. And I, I had him, you know, around 100 overall at some points. And now he's just completely fallen out. Where I question the hit tool completely. I think there's still raw power in the profile because you, you look at the frame and we've seen the raw power but he hasn't shown the game power so you know kind of at a loss with him where i just i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah i hear you yeah he he was a big follower one of the biggest followers for me this last update i still have him in my, in my top 100 but barely he's in the last 100 now you know if any of these three i'm still in on more than the others it's cody hosey i know he's had an absolutely terrible year it's only 58 games but 203, 253, 249 slash line. Like, where did the power go? This was a guy that we talked to. We talked to him on five. We interviewed him on five tool last April. Talked about his power adjustments and just how he went more simplistic and, you know, stopped trying to worry about certain things and getting back to basics. And that resulted in his big power jump in his final year at Tulane, where he had 23 home runs and 286 plate appearances with a 393 average. Now, you know, he had five home runs in 2019 in the minors in 41 games, but still 299, 380, 483. Good slash line. But yeah, this year, one home run and 237 plate appearances, only seven doubles. So he has eight extra base hits in 237 plate appearances. Uh, not good. You know, he's not striking out a ton. So that's good. It's not like he has like a super high K rate or anything like that. But I still believe I still love the swing. It's very simplistic yet explosive. I still believe in Cody Hosey. So I think right now is a great time to buy low because you can probably get him for almost nothing, almost free. See how bad he spends. But I do think he's gonna bounce back. But uh going in let's take it to a break now, come back on the other side and hit on some middle infielders. So don't go anywhere. 
Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? All right, welcome back from the break. Let's get in some middle infielders now. We got a ton of them, a uh, bunch of risers and followers. I know corner infield was a little more to the risers than the followers, but this one was pretty equal amount of names on each side. For risers, we have Eddie's Leonard from the Los Angeles Dodgers, Felix Valerio from the Milwaukee Brewers, Nick York from my Boston Red Sox, Bryson Stott from the Phillies, Ellie De La Cruz from the Reds, Carlos Jorge also from the Reds, Rain Don Cohn from the Dodgers and Josh Smith from the Texas Rangers. And for the Fallers, Jordan Groshans from the Blue Jays. Unfortunately, Jeter Downs from my Boston Red Sox. Bryce Terang from the Milwaukee Brewers. Keone Cavaco from the Twins. Aaron Bracho from the, I caught myself, the Guardians. Ed Howard from the Cubs. Geraldo Perdomo from the Diamondbacks. Robert Poisson from the Athletics. And Miguel Geraldo from the Blue Jays. Let's start with Nick York. Let's go with the Red Sox first. Let's let's do this. I, you know, I was critical of the draft pick, and I still think it was a lot of other players I would have liked at number 17 overall last year. But Nick York has really impressed me. Like when he came out of the draft in 2020, you know, he was like the guy that was kind of heralded for the hit tool, one of the top hit tools in the entire draft class, regardless of, of level. And he's shown that. But the power and speed is like, all right. Where's the power speed play? And so far, it's been pretty damn good. You know, in 87 games, 12 home runs and 12 to go along with a 333, 423, 515 slash line, 48 walks to 58 strikeouts. That plus hit tool and advanced approach. He's still only 19. He's in high A right now, a high A Greenville. It's been everything about him has just been absolutely wonderful. So advanced for his age, showing if he can at least be, I send the article. If he can at least be 50 hit, uh, 50 power, excuse me, 50 speed to go along with a plus hit tool where he could be flirting with 290, 300 seasons and just go 15 to 20 home runs, 15 to 20, which I think is possible, especially at Fenway. This is going to be a very, very good fantasy player. So I have moved him way up my rankings around top 100 overall. Chris, I think you have him even higher just because the OBP still is that he has. What about your thoughts so far on Mr. Nicholas York? Yeah, I wish I could see like he got bumped to to Greenville, which is obviously where I live. But you know they've only been home one series, and I wasn't able to make it out. And now they're done with all their home games, which stinks. So didn't get to see him live, but I think he'll probably start there next year. So hopefully get some looks. Yeah, I bumped yeah. him to eighty eight overall. Uh, man, he's he's been impressive. Yeah, I've seen a lot of film on him. The hit tool is obviously plus. I don't think there's any questioning that, and. It's a super solid profile. I think it's pretty well-rounded. And like you mentioned, the power has been there more than I would have thought. And even since bumping to Greenville, you know, where he's four years younger than the average competition, he's still performing well. I mean, 405 average, 490 OBP, 619 slug. And I think that some of these doubles may turn into home runs with time. Even though he's hit 12 home runs this year, I could see him turning some of these doubles into home runs as he continues to fill out his frame a little bit. I'm a fan. I'm, 
he's got caught stealing almost as much as he's stolen 12 stolen bases, nine caught stealings, but even still, I like the aggressiveness. I think that 15, 15 is a pretty fair comp for long-term with a really solid hit tool. May have even more power. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe he gets to 20 home runs, but I think the bat's really going to play second baseman. I don't know. I'm a fan of the profile for sure. Much more than I was, you know, a year ago. Yeah. Jeter Downs better get his hat out of his okay his head out of his ass because nick york's coming up <laughs> coming up quick i don't know you know he's only in high a and jeter downs in triple a but it was gonna, when we made that trade to get jeter downs it's like, all right he is the heir apparent at second base he's the long-term option there that might be nick york now obviously i think downs will at least get a shot assuming he doesn't continue to hit well under the mendoza line um but yeah i think it's gonna be nick york long term if, if these trends continue because Jeter Downs, we've talked about him, you know, in the past. He's still well under 200. He's on like a 20, 25 type of pace, which is great, which is why I still have him top 100, barely. But, yeah, the, the strikeout rate is well over 30%. Average well under 200, and it just keeps getting lower and lower, it seems. So he needs to get going here because Nick York looks damn solid. And it's, it's just a simple swing, but very quick, direct to the ball. Can really He really drives the ball well. I think this is a profile that fit well in Fenway, where I think he could flirt with 20, low 20s home runs at peak just because of, of Fenway Park. Or at least he's a pepper that monster a ton. A lot of doubles. I think he's going to be really high up there in doubles every year. And if I was ranking this like top 50 on floor, he'd be in it. I think no doubt top 50 floor guys because of the hit tool, the approach, now the, the power and speed kind of coming along, at least to, you know 50 grades for each. So, yeah, I'm very excited about Nick York. It's kind of taking a little bit of the sting out of Jeter Downs, you know, where, where are you at on real quick? Where are you at on Downs? Like, it's kind of hard. It's like, like I mentioned, the power speed is still there, but is he gonna hit enough to kind of be able to showcase that consistently? I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling on him. I'm, I'm I was, I've always been the Downs guy, which is frustrating. Yeah. You know, I've been high on him for several years, and I dropped him to 138. I don't know if that's even low enough because, like you said. He hasn't, he's honestly just looked lost. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like I, he was certainly ready for AAA, in my opinion. I mean, he saw double A in 2019 and he got plenty of reps at the alt site last year, but dude, just hadn't been good at all. I mean, the strikeout rates sky high, hitting just 177, 260 OBP. No, and the power really hasn't been there. Just a 310 slug. So, I don't know, man. He's one that I'm not really sure what to do with. Maybe this is a lost year. I still believe in the profile. I think they can bounce back, but you know, maybe maybe this year's just a lost year, and we see next year he bumps back up. Hopefully, that's what I'm hoping too. Because both for fantasy purposes, where I have some Jeter down shares, and real life, I want him to be good. I think we need him to be good. Verdugo has been solid, but we need Jeter downs to be good as well as Red Sox fans. Uh, moving on here, out of Beantown, out west, Eddie's Leonard was the highest-ranked newcomer in my last update here. Almost, I almost put him top 100. I think you have him top 100, Chris. I almost did. I ended up settling on, oh, where was he? 113, right in the same range as Alexander Canario and Bryson Staw and Matt McClain, right in that range. I wanted to put him top 100 because he's – 301, 404, 559 slash, 25 doubles, 21 home runs, 7 steals, walk rate above 10%, K rate below 20%, excuse me, um, below 25%, 
around 22 and 23% or so in 95 games. And another guy that, all right, he hit well at uh, in low A, 295, 399, 544. But all right, let's see how he does after the promotion. He's doing even better at high A, uh, Great Lakes, after he was promoted from Rancho Cucamonga. Anything to say Rancho Cucamonga again. <laughs> um, high A, 315, 415, 595, slash seven home runs in 29 games. Again, I don't think that speed's to be a huge part of his game. Maybe a five to eight steel guy, maybe 10 at peak. But this is a potential above average hit, above average to plus power bat. Good approach. A lot to like. He plays all around the infield, which helps, even though he, wherever he goes, he's going to be blocked with the Dodgers. But he's played second base, third base, short, 20 plus games at all three spots this year. So a lot to like here with Eddie's Leonard. 100%. I bumped him 78. And he's, you mentioned he's around Bryson Stott. Got him, Bryson Stott, one spot ahead of him, actually. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Leonard, he's listed at six foot 160. I think he's put on more weight than oh, this. Oh, abso- absolutely. He, and you know, he's got a thick neck, which is, you know, that's, that's kind of weird to say, but like <laughs> he, it's like Jason, how he has that thick neck where he can just really fill out. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's a weird observation or not, but I think he's going to put on a lot more weight not a ton more weight, like where he's like overweight, but I think he's going to put on a lot more muscle and add to this power. I think the power is certainly legit. And you mentioned the hit tool, I think is pretty good. He already gets pretty easy power as we've seen this year. I mean, you watch him, he, he just generates it pretty easily, you know, hit some long home runs, hitting them you know, well out of stadiums in the minor leagues. And we all, like you said, we always look when they get promoted, what they do. And he's just been even better. And you know when you see the 404 OBP for the year, that's pretty dang good. The walk rate I think is going to sustain pretty solid. You know the strikeouts, it's not. I mean not overly high. It'll play. I mean you mentioned he's below 25, percent so that's totally fine. And you know I think the power is going to keep coming. I think we're going to see more power in this profile. Solid hit tool, good OBP skills. He's one that I'm a fan on, and I think that he's going to continue to move up. Like he's he's got that kind of profile where I could see him bumping easily top fifty. Yeah, he might be the best long term fantasy asset from this Dodgers current you know crop of prospects. I have Michael Bush ranked higher, and still have Wilman Diaz higher because of that upside. But Eddie's letter has been damn impressive. Who would you rather have long term, him or Dustin Harris? Oh man, it's tough, that's huh? tough. Yeah, they're. They're similar. I slightly lean Leonard, but yeah, it's really close. Yeah, I mean, I've got Leonard ranked higher, so yeah, I probably should lean that way. But both very good, you know, players to target right now. Moving on here, you know, a guy we meant to talk about in uh, you know three or four episodes ago uh, when we were talking some un- some prospects on the rise back then. Led Lacruz. We-, we won't go super deep into him. He's kind of cooled up a little bit, but. Definitely a big riser this year between the Arizona Complex League and Low A Daytona, 296, 332, 569 slash. Uh, really racking up the extra base hits in 52 games, 17 doubles, nine triples, eight home runs. Also has nine steals. Uh, walk rate and strikeout rate aren't the greatest. 10 walks, 69 strikeouts in 229 plate appearances. So the aggressive approach needs to kind of improve, but... He's still only 19 years old in low A, so not a huge concern now. He'll have time to iron that out, and he's, he's a big guy too, six two. I think he's he's listed six two one fifty. That's and that's not right. I can guarantee that's not right. I think he's more like six three, six four now. 
not a huge, a lot of more muscle, but 160, 170 probably. He looks a little bigger than 150. Still a ton of projection. That power is there. A lot to like here with LED crew. A lot of projection with him. So he's definitely one to dream on. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he's been a pretty surprise pop-up guy, but a lot of these guys have that we've talked about. But, you know, I mean, I think the profile is pretty solid. I like what I've seen so far. You certainly think that he could grow into to more power, even though we've seen some some solid power from him this year. And, you know, I think the, the hit tool is pretty solid. You know, we've seen him slow down a hair in single A, but still, I think that, I mean, he's still really young and there's plenty of time for him to develop. So, yeah, I'm a fan and one I'll be monitoring closely. Like, I haven't gone extremely high on him, but let's see where I got him ranked. I put him at 242, so I'm not, like, overly high on him. How about you? Uh, I bumped De La Cruz. I can tell you he's in the 150 to 200 range for yeah. sure. He is oh, 151, um, which is up from 277 um, about a, five weeks ago. So, yeah, that's and that ranking is due to the power, the projection, um, solid hit tool that he's shown so far. It seems to improve the approach a bit here, and I think he could really take off. A little bit of speed, too. It'll be interesting to see how the speed develops as he he's gonna fill out he has to fill out with this frame he's gonna fill out at least somewhat so i want to see he's highly athletic so um i don't think he's gonna be like the speed's gonna completely disappear but i think maybe we're talking 50 speed maybe a hair under 50 but still a 5 to 10 steel guy worst case scenario with a good amount of power solid enough average we'll see how the approach comes along i think that'll really that's the x factors of that approach he can be a little more selective at the plate. He could really take off and be a top 50 guy within the next year, year and a half or so. I think he's at that much upside. So definitely one that I am monitoring closely here, uh, right, you know, rest of this year and then into next year when he gets into probably high A next year. That'll be a, a, a fun assignment for him as well. Um, any of these guys here, we, so we got five more names in the risers, Chris. Felix Valerio, Carlos Jorge, Rain Don Cohn, Josh Smith, Bryson Stott. Okay, any of these guys really stand out to you that really you want to talk about here? Um, ranked on Cone is is pretty interesting. Um, I traded for him in 30 Rock right before the deadline, and uh, Max was pretty reluctant to give him up. And he's got, I mean, yeah, he's in the DSL, just 17. And I know it's hard to like, you know, just look at stats in the, from the DSL, but from what I've seen, I mean, I think there's a projectable profile here at 62. He's listed at 176. He's just mashing. You know, he's only got two home runs, but he's got a near 1,100 OPS. I think he leads all of rookie ball with that OPS, hitting 407. You know, just 70 plate appearances so far, but he does have six steals as well. So I think there's a power speed profile that you can kind of dream on here and a pretty projectable frame as well. So he's one that I think could could see a big rise with time. So I'm a fan of what I've seen so far. And you know, I think Felix Valerio is another one. I was imagining him, yeah. Yeah, he's one that's jumped up a lot and really, really caught eyes this year. And what are your thoughts on him? I don't know. He, he, he kind of gets, you know, written, not written off, but not as much love as he should because he's, he's small. He's like Jose Altuve size. He's listed at five, seven bucks, 65, but he just hits, man, he, even before this year. You look at, you know, he was in 2018, he was in the Mets org. And this is all, you know, these two years I'm talking about rookie ball. So obviously take it with a grain of salt, but he still performed 319, average 409 OBP in 2018, 306 and 376 respectively in 2019, you know, in the Milwaukee org. And this year, 
308 average, 419 OBP, five, uh, should be 495 slug with more walks than strikeouts. 63 walks, 60 strikeouts, 32 doubles, 11 home runs, 28 steals. 27 of those were in low A. Again, as we've talked about, take that with a grain of salt because of what they're doing down there with all the rules and whatnot. But, you know, I think a nice little all-around profile, good speed, good hit tool, good approach, a little bit of pop. He'll be a big power guy, but maybe 10 to 15 home runs. I think this is a guy that sneaks up on a lot of people, and he was another uh, big riser for me. I put him at uh, – he was in the 200 to 250 range, 243 after being off the list before, you know, previously. So especially at second base, this is a sneaky little profile, so I like it. Yeah, I certainly agree. I think, like you mentioned, he's been solid hitter his whole career, now seeing some power come out. I think Jose Alatuve is an interesting comp there, so – yeah, it'll be fun to see how he continues to develop. I mean, he's still young, just 20 years old, in high A. Probably gets a shot at double A next year, so he'll be one yeah. I'm watching closely. Absolutely. And then we have some really intriguing uh, themes in the followers here, too. Uh, we already talked about Jeter Downs, but a couple others. Ed Hat, we've, and we talked about Poisson before, so we won't talk about him again here. But Ed Howard has been one that uh, I'm, I don't like what I've seen from Ed Howard at all. He's picked it up a little bit recently, kind of, sort of. But, you know, 70 games, 217, 273, 307 slash line, four home runs and six steals. You know, not walking a ton, striking out a ton, 87 strikeouts and 290 plate appearances. That is not good. He was a guy that was ranked pretty highly. There's like a top 15, top 20 guy in FYPD, some as high as top 10. You know, I thought this would be a guy that the Cubs could, you know, he's a, he's a local guy uh, from Mount Carmel High School, and, and which is in Chicago, same high school as Alec Thomas went to. So I thought he'd be like a hometown guy, a guy that can be a fan favorite. He's good defensively as well. Uh, but the the offense has just not been there. So he dropped way down my rankings. And are, are you still bullish on Ed Howard, Chris? You know, I wasn't overly bullish on him to begin with. I thought it was a, a glove first profile that had some projection that could develop that. I thought he was just kind of like pretty average across the board, you know, outside of the glove. And so, you know, he's at 189 overall for me. He dropped into a range where there's a couple guys where I'm kind of at a loss with like Aaron Sabato and Hunter Bishop. And so, you know, I don't know where they end up and, you know, Howard just hasn't been good, like you mentioned. He he almost looks lost a bit at the plate. And so I'm wondering if it's an adjustment period. I think he's I mean, he's gotten a, a little better in time. I mean, since August first, he's hitting two fifty five, but you know, there's not much power to speak of. There's not much speed. He's still striking out at a high rate. So those things are still concerning. And I just wonder if it's like even if the hit tool develops to be an average hit tool, I don't think there's gonna be much power and speed there. So, you know, I may still even be a hair high on him where I've got him ranked. Yeah, potentially. And, and speaking of lack of power, Jordan Groshans. Like, it's some people, are, when they heard me say Jordan Groshans, probably like, well, yeah, he's hitting 291 this year with a good OBP. How is he a faller? Well, the power just has not been there, and it really has not been there all year. 75 games for AA New Hampshire, only seven home runs. You know, good average, good walk rate, solid strikeout rate, like, the hit tool and everything that goes into the hit tool is there. Like he's putting the bat on the ball. This doesn't drive the ball in the air consistently. He's never had a really high uh, fly ball rate like this year. Uh, fly ball rate is at what's well, at forty percent, but you know forty percent ground ball rate as well. This doesn't really drive the ball in the air. I've had several live looks at him 
and he put the ball in play. It just wasn't really like the quality of contact didn't really imp- you know impress me. Right. It was like a lot of, you know, ground balls through them, you know, through the gaps. And that was how he's getting a lot of his hits. Not, and then it wasn't like driving it into the gaps or, you know, for over the fence power. So I don't have any issues with the, with the hit tool. I think it's above average, maybe even, I won't say plus, I'll say above average, but where's the power? I don't know if, is he just like a 12 to 15 home run guy? So I still think there's, you know, raw power there for 20 to 25, but I don't know. He just has not unlocked it. So, and he's, and he's a guy that does not bring really any speed. You know, he's quick enough, but he only has one steal in two attempts in 146 games. That's not going to be a part of his game ever, it looks like. So if he's not stealing bases, he's going to have to hit for power. And if he's only hitting in the teens to go on with a solid average, yeah, that's fantasy relevant. But, you know, is he really worthy of a, a high prospect ranking? I don't really think so. Yeah, and I wonder if still having him in the top 100 is the right move. Like, I still do, but I, like I, said, I do I too. Think- he's He's in the 70s for me, but I don't know. I don't know if I like that. Yeah, and, you know, Rotowire has some, like, more advanced stats, like where they have, like, hard hit rates. His hard hit rate this year is just 22%, which isn't good at all. Like, it's yeah. one of the lower ones. And so, again, yeah, I don't know how you know, accurate those are, but based on their qualifications for hit strength, 22.7%. And that's not what you want to see from a guy that had pretty projectable power, I thought. It just hasn't come around. And, you know, the frame is still one that I think you can – kind of dream the power comes, but he's almost 22 years old at this point. And you wonder like, when do we stop kind of just guessing on the projectable frame and, and say like, well, he's not going to hit for much home run power. So yeah, he's one that is a tough one to, to move as well. Like, you know, what do you do with him? Yeah. I said, he just didn't really impress me in my life. I've seen him a few times this year. Just wasn't, wasn't really impressing me at all. So I think he's going to be, you know, maybe, 280 15 guy again solid but top 50 no top 100 maybe not we'll see uh that power doesn't start showing up he's gonna fall out of my top 100 that's for sure uh last one here uh or maybe maybe not maybe one of the last ones here we'll talk about Geraldo Perdomo I'm just wondering if we were just way too high on him because he really falls into that better in real life than fantasy kind of thing for me good defense you know, good approach. Always to the high OBPs. He has a 396 career OBP in the minors, but you know, the average 263 career. You know, he has almost as many walks as strikeouts, which is great. But the power, the power hasn't been there. The speed has kind of disappeared this year. I don't know. Do you see anything in the profile, Chris, that really screams turnaround or screams buy in dynasty leagues? Because I don't anymore. <laughs> like the speed with the speed going down, the power still isn't there. You know. I don't know if he's even more than like a five to six home run guy annually. Is he just going to be a, a solid OBP and that's about it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, he might be. And, you know, I probably was overly high on him. I'm around 50 overall to start the year. And, you know, he's a, he's a good defender at short. I think he manages counts well. I don't know. I think the the power or the lack there of the power is, is definitely a concern. You know, he's near 300 plate appearances in double A. Just has three home runs, like you mentioned. The speed isn't really there either, which is another thing that if he doesn't have it, then, you know, what is he? Because he did swipe 20 bags in 2019 this year, just four stolen bases. So that's concerning. And when you have an OPS of 650, ISO below 100, it's just not not great. I mean, and his distribution, I mean, he hits the ball on the ground a little much, but he's still hitting plenty of fly balls, but his home run to fly ball rate's just very poor at 4.8%. 
I think he's going to be a, a contact guy that posts decent OBPs and not many counting stats. So, yeah, I, I've dropped him a pretty significant amount. And I don't know you know, where the bottom out is, but I'm 211 right now. So, and preseason being around 50, that's a pretty big fall. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I haven't, where do I have? I haven't dropped him quite as far, but I probably should have. I'm definitely, wherever I have him, I'm too high. 174 from 122. So, yeah, I probably should drop him lower than that. And I, I kind of kept him high because I thought he was a hot, kind of a higher, or at least a solid floor guy. But I don't know if, yeah, he's got a floor, but <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just not really an appealing fantasy profile anymore. So, yeah. definitely falling a ton. Any of these other guys you have faith in turning it around? You know, Bracho, I know you were a big Bracho guy preseason. Poisson, Cavaco, Terang, Geraldo. Any of these guys you have, you know, more confidence in turning it around? Not really. I mean, it's easy for me to say Bracho because, you know, I've always been a fan of the profile, but he's another one kind of like Downs where he just looks lost this year at the plate and, you know, the numbers hadn't been there. So I don't really know where he ends up, what what's going on, but. Yeah, I I love the profile prior to this year, and he's just really fallen off. So yeah, I don't have a ton of confidence in in many of these. I mean, Poisson maybe because he's so young. We he he's one of the youngest. You know, I think he may be one of the younger ones to start in full season ball. I mean, most guys that were in his signing class were still you know playing in the Dominican or you know overseas or rookie ball. But I don't know. They're they're all kind of tough to to gauge where they end up and if they can turn it around at this point. So. Yeah, um, I would I would say Poisson probably, but another one I still have at least some confidence in is Bryce Terang. Now, he hasn't been terrible. He's not been great. He's becoming lackluster is a great term to use for Bryce Terang's 2021 year, but he still has a walk rate at 10%. K rate is below 20%. So the approach is still there. That's been kind of one of his calling cards has been that approach, especially in 2019. We had 83 walks to 101 strikeouts. But the, the hit tool has just kind of been meh. It's like 50 hit at maybe a touch below 50. You know, speed has been there. You think he's above average speed guy, so like a 20 steal type of guy. But the power hasn't really come along too much. So maybe he's only like a 8 to 10 home run guy. But 8 to 10 home runs, 15 to 20 steals, a little bit of OBP. Uh, I think there still could, could be some value there. So... Um, and he's not really a big name, so you could probably get him for a pretty reasonable price in Dynasty. So that might be one I'd target. Him or Poisson, because I agree. Poisson has the highest upside of this group, but I, I'm getting worried about all of the uh, the approach issues for hitters in Oakland. Like we've seen it, Austin Beck, Lazar, uh, Lazaro Armenteros, uh, and, and uh, now Robert Poisson. So um, not really, you know, looking forward to... I, I'm, I'm, I want to see how he progresses, but he's still really young, but... Yeah, getting worried about that profile, even though he's still young, but we'll see. But I think that's going to wrap us up. Thank you to everyone for tuning in again this week. We hope you all enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at RotoClegg. I'm at Cross 4 and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. We will be back with you again in a couple of days. But until then, everyone take care.
Montgomery County, Maryland is where businesses go to be next. Home to a highly skilled, diverse workforce, a thriving business community, competitive incentives, and more. MoCo will help transform your business. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how we can help you be next.